Hey guys, Avery Carl from the Short Term Shop here. I wanted to welcome you into our 10 episode deep dive on the Outer Banks and Carolina Beach, but also to let you know that we have some supplemental materials to this on our website for you guys. It's called the shorttermshop.com. And there we have a section where you can look at properties in these markets, see what the current purchase prices are. You can set it up to save a search for you and email you anytime a new property in those markets in your price range comes out. We also have the AirDNA data, thanks to our friends over at AirDNA for this market. So you can use those two things to analyze. We've got a calculator for you there too, to help tie it all together. And if you guys are ready to maybe start talking to an agent in this market, you can email us at agents at the shorttermshop.com and we will connect you to our expert agents in this market. Or maybe you're not ready to do that, but you just want to hang out with us more. And that's cool because we want to hang out with you too. And we have a Facebook community where you can do that. It's called Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth, same title as my book. And it's just a community of 60,000 of our closest friends who are sharing best practices and just kind of hanging out with other real estate investors. So it's pretty cool. And we hope to see you over there. And last but not least, if you have questions, you want to talk to a real person like myself, it will be myself actually and Luke. Uh, we have an open office hours every Thursday, and you can sign up for that at strquestions.com. And you can ask us any questions that you have about short-term rental investing. But now we'll get to the episode. Short-term shows, special episodes. We are uh, in uh, the beaches of North Carolina. And today the subject is pricing, uh, calendars, availability, and... Um, Minimum night stay, everything it takes to get a property booked, in my opinion. Uh, well, let's just give an overview there. Uh, Joe, I'll go to you next. And then, Meg, uh, this is, to me, the most important part of the business, uh, the most overlooked part for a lot of folks that are not succeeding, in my opinion. You can always go straight to the calendar and find flaws. Uh, what are we doing wrong? I, I Personally, I see the biggest mistake I see is when people price things way too high because they ran a bunch of numbers and they decided that their average price per night was XYZ and they think it's going to get that night, that nightly rate in like, you know, uh, November and it's just not, you know? So again, I'm not trying to say lower your prices, lower your prices, lower your prices. It's not a race to the bottom, but um, you do got to spend, you've got to spend some time on it. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts? Oh yeah. Like knowing your calendar. I mean, it's your highest dollar per hour task that you can do across the board and knowing your peaks and your valleys. It's just being more active on your calendars will make you more money than anything else in this once you've set up a awesome listing, which we've talked about this whole time. And so that's the uh, that's the gist of it is know this like the back of your hand and you will be successful. Yep. Meg, anything to add? Yeah. I mean, it's not a set it and leave it, you know, like you have to get in there and, and play with it, massage it and compare you know, enemy method um, with your with your pricing and and you know know your seasons. Your your local agent, me on the Outer Banks and Joe down in Carolina Beach. You know, we we can help you with you know the busy seasons and the calendars, and and we can help you with that. Yes, thank you for mentioning that. I don't want to be shy there. I do want to be perfectly clear that the short term shop sells houses. That's exactly what we do. We're not we're not uh, we're proud of it. Not trying to hide that fact. And uh, and uh, speaking of, we do have, we have Leah and Omar. Great time to introduce you. Uh, you have uh, purchased a home with the shop, but you have uh, uh, rentals of your of uh, other types of assets, long term rentals, etc. Uh, so great to have you. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Hey, thanks for having us. We appreciate it. 
I'm Leah. Omar. We are clients of the short-term shop. Joe helped us buy our first short-term rental last summer. We've been running it for about 14 months in Carolina Beach. It's going well. Um, and then we do own a handful of long-term rentals as well. And it's kind of our story. Okay. <laughs> Why we're here. Um, and we were talking briefly earlier. You, you, you are still a fan of the long-term rentals. Yes. I love that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We'd like to get some more of both. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I do think, uh, that it is a, a good idea. I love my long-term rentals. They are not sexy. Nobody gives a crap about them. No, if you talk about them at the Thanksgiving dinner table, nobody wants to hear about it. Everybody wants to hear about that beach house, but man, those long-term rentals, they just, they just chug on down the road and, uh, they make two, 300 bucks and, uh, and then the water heater dies and you lose a whole year, but who cares? You know, you just, Keep going. We're in this uh, for the long haul, but you're, you're also being modest. Joe tells me you guys are total rock stars. So um, uh, we're going to dive into that more as we start talking about calendars. And uh, I'll stay with you, Leah and Omar. Uh, what What are you seeing? Well, I guess tell me tell me what size your property is. We need to we need a before I can even ask you any questions. Let's let's get a, a, a decent uh, picture of what your personal property looks like. And of course, Meg. And Joe have all sorts of uh, expertise, but uh, what is your what is your property? We have a, a two bedroom, two bathroom, nine hundred square foot condo, oceanfront. Oceanfront condo. Okay, so then let me ask you, um, what are you seeing for an average um, stay, like duration of your? How many nights on an average stay, give or take? So it's definitely seasonal in the in the summer. Actually, we get full week stays. It's it's actually required by our HOA oh. to have. Um, our condo HOA. I don't think that they would actually enforce it because to be honest, I had a calendar faux pas this year and nobody noticed. Mm -hmm. um, um, they do actually require full week states in the summer, June, July, and August. Three months. It, the three months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the rest of the year, you can do whatever you want. And we we get a good split. I would say it's half, about half the stays are two night stays. And then the other half, we do still get a little bit longer. People stay three, four or five nights. Let me come back to that. Joe, how, how common is that in your market? Um, and, uh, you know, is it something I need to look out for? Yeah, extremely common um, to have kind of that mindset on um, booking quality. So like I'm talking about the seven to seven, the seven, the seven day thing, right? Seven to seven is pretty rare on being required from an HOA, but they're okay. only limiting it to like the peak months. So like mm -hmm. Memorial day to labor day is really like your peak time anyway. And so the cool part about their HOA is like that really falls in that time when you can demand those bookings anyway, and it's going to book either way because they're oceanfront. They've got, um, pretty much the highest in demand um, property on the island. Oh. And so they're going to get those bookings either way. In fact, in my opinion, that actually maximizes their revenue for that because you're going to have less turnovers, a, a more of a net number. But then they switch um, to as you come to the shoulder seasons, because everything here is a bell curve. We peak in June and July, and then it comes down on both sides um, down from like a revenue standpoint. But that's really where you maximize your um, three night stays or two night stays. Like even some of my properties, I do one night stays whenever I fill individual gaps. And so, um, it lines up really well with how to maximize their gross income. But, uh, it, it is rare to have an HOA that requires you to do seven night minimums. So in their particular building, is it, is it almost like, Hey, if you want, it sounds like this is like probably the one of the most desirable ones. Is that safe to say? Yeah. I mean, like uh, oceanfront two bedrooms are rare. Lately, it's yeah. like, no. 
<laughs> but well, I guess let me get let me ask you. This. I think there's nicer buildings on the island. Okay. There's, so I wouldn't say it's. I mean, it's nice. I I love our condo. I'm not trying to diss on it, but it's um. I think there are even nicer complexes. On was the it island. a decent? Was a lower purchase price? So it was decent. Where where were it, we on the? Uh, I mean, it's oceanfront, so it was. Yeah, it's oceanfront kind of, is high demand, no matter where you're at. Like, yeah, and it, and it it's kind of a pool, that, so that makes it um, high demand too. People mm, definitely okay. want the pool. When you purchased it, was the seven day thing um, an issue for you, or you didn't care, or what? Did you did it get discussed? I don't think we cared. I think it just seemed like okay, that's what they do here. Okay, and it gets and you, booked. So yeah, we gonna, we were given the previous owners. Um, information. She had been running it herself, the previous owner, and she had a hundred percent occupancy for the summers for the last three years before we bought it. So I don't think we were worried. And your June, like, 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 let's say this past summer, your June, July, August was completely booked. Yep. So in, in that, in that aspect, it seems like that would maybe even make your life a little easier because you're only dealing with 12 guests through the entire summer. Yep. I got to be honest, I'm kind of <laughs> jealous of that because, uh, you know, even my my big beach properties, I'm sitting there cranking at least twice as many guests as you are. And in that time of the year, these folks are, they can be a little, de- you know, a little bit needy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you can almost, it's almost like you get a groove going with one of these guests because they're in there for seven days and then you move on to the next one. And, uh, you know, I, worse. I'm going off in the weeds here because uh, you're making me think like in the summer, in the high summer, when the prices are really high, it's almost like I'm talking each one of these guests into thinking that my house is awesome. I, it's almost like you're having to sell it to them even after they've bought it, you know? Um, and I'm kind of jealous that you only have to do that 12 times. Uh, that's pretty cool. Okay, cool. Uh, Meg, let's talk about yours. Um, anything like that in your market? What are we seeing for just an average night stay? Uh, so regarding regarding the number of, of days that people are, are seeing, obviously the bigger properties are going to, you're going to, if you're going to have a huge family that's going to come multiple generations coming in, that, that family is going to be there for a week. It's not unusual to see um, two weeks booked by one family. Um, you know, I think anything more than that, these people are probably going to own the house and they're not renting it out anyway. Um, the smaller properties, you know, you can probably do get away with doing a, a three to four night minimum stay um, without having too much trouble, um, you know, with the with the nights in between that are not um, are not rented, especially in the summertime. Like Joe said, it's the same thing here on the Outer Banks that it is, you know, down in Carolina Beach. Um, you know, people want to be here. So if they want that three or four days, they're going to go ahead and come on a Wednesday and stay through Sunday or, you know, however, however they rent it. It's just, I think every house is, is variable here. Um, and everybody does things a little bit differently, but that's when it comes down to being really active in your listing in whatever platform you've got your, your property. Um, you know, you need to be in there and, and, constantly fixing things and, and, you know, filling in those gap nights. And, you know, if you've got two or three nights that are open, you know, try to extend your guests who are already there to extend their stays. Um, you know, Luke talks a lot about this in his management Mondays, helping, helping with, you know, issues like that. But um, bigger families are going to stay longer. You know, if you've got a, a two or three bedroom, you might want to, uh, you know, open up the opportunity to have, um, you know, a, a five, four or five night stay. Wonderful. Um well, Joe, give me a speech on weekend pricing versus weekday pricing. Do you have a strategy there or you just kind of wait to see what happens? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, in general, 
I love to manipulate my weekends. So I like to force people to stay at least three nights. And I always raise those rates for my weekends because they're premium nights. Like people want to come for the weekend and enjoy their stay. And again, like similar, it depends on the peak time that you're doing this. So in the summer, I'll demand a little bit longer. And if it's like over the holidays and whatnot, I mean, sometimes I even force people to stay five, six nights um, over like the real peak. Um, times on our calendar. But in general, you're going to see um, almost 25 to 30% more on your weekends, I'd say, from like your normal weekday rates. And then um, I do like to stack reviews a lot. So I like to roll a lot of people through my properties and get higher occupancy. And so that's just how I prefer to manage because I want mine pushed higher in the algorithm. And so like I said, I'll do like one night minimums if I have random breaks or if I can't get someone to book that extra night. Um, but in general, you're going to see lower rates Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You can really push those rates higher. No, I agree. Um, I see a lot of folks say things like, and not necessarily in your market, but just in general, as they say, well, I'm only getting my weekends booked. Um, how do I get my, nobody wants to book my weekdays. And, and my my thing there is like, well, you're not pricing it right. You know I mean? It, it's a pretty good chance you price your weekend too low. They're thinking of it the other way around. Nobody's going to book my weekdays, you know, they get all, and, and listen, negativity is not going to get you anywhere in this biz. You got to, you got to, you got to get out there and get, get it. You got to get it. Right. So to me, it's like, well, you probably priced your weekend a little too low with a combination of your weekdays being too high. Um, and, uh, I've never, I, I've never thought about that. I've never worried about that. I never on a beach properties, mountain properties, doesn't matter. Um, ever since day one, you know, back in the day, I used to be like, oh, the weekends should be more expensive than the weekdays. And I never really thought about it too much. I just kind of let them fall in place. I mean, there's been periods of time where I'll price the entire month at the same price. I mean, that's a really weird example. It's not common, but it will happen. And then, you know, I mean, it's usually going to be a pretty far in advance that I do that. Um, like, uh, like right now, I would have no problem right now going on really any of my properties and putting January the month of January at the same price for the whole thing, you know? But then as you get closer, I mean, even like three or four weeks closer, because um, we're recording this, I should mention first of September, uh, right? So keep that in mind is what I'm getting at uh, for January. Um, as you get closer, you got to get in there and work what's left over, you know? So maybe if you're doing the entire month and I don't even know how why I would do the whole month of January at a low rate, maybe just because I want, or not at a low rate, but at one rate, Maybe just to keep keep it from like if I'm using price labs and I don't want January to go too high, I'll just manual override. Or you could also you know, that used to be more common. Today you can now you can just override and do like a 15% decrease, and then it will have you know it'll take into consideration weekends on its own, and it will also do like high demand events or something like that if there are any. Um, back in the day though. We didn't have any of that stuff. So I would, it would be very common where I would just, you know, drag and drop January and February at one rate for the whole damn thing. And then um, as it gets closer, wiggle it around, move it around. Tim calls it tickling, you know? So um, uh, what are your thoughts there, Leah, um, for the naysayers on uh, getting weekdays booked? I feel like in the, in the shoulder season, we get more weekdays booked than I thought we were going to get, to be honest. We, they even sometimes book up, before our weekends, <laughs> and maybe because they're cheaper, because we do do exactly that. We use Price Labs, and Price Labs kind of automatically makes your weekends more and your weekdays cheaper. Um, you know, all our weekends do book up in the shoulder seasons, but uh, yeah, we 
get plenty of midweek stays. People come in, they just, more than we even thought, like people just come in in the middle of the week. Well, you're making it sound too easy. <laughs> it's um, not easy. I mess with, <laughs> I, I listen to you and I mess with oh, print clubs you. like incessantly. Yeah, you have to, yeah. I mean, that's what it takes. I'm in there constantly. I'm yeah. in the off season. And there was a lot of black lines on my calendar and off season. Cause you know, we started in the middle of last summer. So we went into the off season, with not a lot of reviews and we were, we were slow. It was tough and trying to like get the, the bookings rolling. I was in there like constantly and I was, I would go into the heart trading thread and part as many people, you didn't have the wishlist Wednesday yet. Yeah. So I would go into the trading thread and I would heart as many people's as I could. I'd be like, come on, get this moving. So yeah, the old that's school. what I did my first off season. Old school. That's old school. We had the heart trading thread because we got to the play. Here's what happened. I'm going to give you a little short-term shop history now that Leah's uh, bringing it up because I appreciate that and the, and the, the progress of the business. We got to the point where in our Facebook groups, people were just constantly posting their listings and saying, can you give me a, a heart? You know, can you like my listing? Cause that does, you know, and Airbnb is really kind of not that shy about that. The more hearts you can get, the more people you just click the heart button on a listing. It helps the listing. Airbnb says, Oh, people are paying attention to this one. Makes you more popular. So we started a thread way back in the day, the heart trading thread. If you want get, if you want hearts posted here and then heart everybody else. And, uh, and then eventually, of course, we started the listing advice group. Uh, it's the evolution of the short-term shop here. Uh, appreciate you so much for knowing what it, what that stuff is. Uh, all our hard work over the years. Uh, th that's really that's really cool. I totally forgot my train of thought because you just made my made me feel so good. Uh, my heart is is warm and fuzzy. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you have any concern? Did or now looking back at it, uh, tell me for somebody that's buying in a B in this market. Um, you're in Carolina Beach. Uh, uh, is are you in Carolina Beach or just somewhere somewhere in that area? Yes, we're in, in Carolina. Beach. In Carolina yeah. Beach, okay. Somebody wants to buy in Carolina Beach or or OBX uh, it, this time of year. I think this is about sounds like about when you bought last year. Uh, what's your advice there for for folks that say, "Oh man, I can't carry it through the winter," uh, or like it's a stupid time to buy uh, in the fall? Because I disagree for many reasons, but I'd like to hear your take on that. I would. Well, one, I would say make sure you have reserves so you can carry it just in yeah. case, because uh, that definitely was one of our concerns. Um, one of my other things is I would actually say don't be afraid to go low. I actually think we could have done even better if we like I. My, the enemy method, I kind of stalk Joe's listings a little bit. So, <laughs> I mean, he's the pro, so I'm looking to see what he's doing. Um, and honestly, he go he goes low in the winter. He goes lower than I expected him to go. And then he goes high in the summer. So, and I think I was initially afraid to go that low. I was like, I was like, oh man, what kind of riffraff are we going to get? But so I, I would say, don't be afraid to go low. So you can just get people in there and get, I mean, I'm not saying to, you know, give it away at $15 a night or something stupid, but don't, um, you know, get people in there, get the, get the reviews rolling um, just to get it moving because it's going to pick up uh, once you hit the spring. So don't be too worried about that. It's going to be slow. Just be prepared for that. And then also, you know, take the time. We actually did get started in the middle of the summer. So we had to, we had to kind of wait. We already owned it. And then we had to kind of wait until it was empty to do anything to it. So if you're buying now and buying like really heading into the off season, just take the opportunity to make the property the way you want it. 
Yeah, I, I, there's a certain, and this is exactly what you said, but I'm going to say it a diff- slightly different way. It's almost like, what did you expect? I mean, it, it's on the beach. Um, you're probably going to be pretty empty in the wintertime. And to that point, I also want to point out the fact that if they, because uh, a lot of folks say, well, maybe that's, a, some folks will go take the other way. Maybe it's a good time to buy because nobody's paying attention. Nobody's getting any bookings and nobody wants to deal with it in the wintertime. I disagree there too, because if there was a better time to, in other words, if there was a ton of deals out there in September because nobody's buying in September, everybody would find out about that and then there would no longer be any deals in September. So that it doesn't work that way uh, either, really. Um, and and I, I would, dare I say again, a long-term rental fan, I think that, uh, you know, you've got some, sounds like some class C long-term rentals. Um, and, and so I, again, I equate it to that, like, what are they, what's going to happen? What's the worst that can happen? You're probably already dealing with that at some capacity with the long terms, you know, they move out and it's completely, you know, there's six holes in the wall and the floors are disgusting and things like that. Not every time, of course we love our, I love my tenants, but you get in the business long enough, you kind of get used to that kind of stuff. And so I agree with Joe and I want to hear Joe's take. Uh, I'm going to give one more speech. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, we don't want to go to $15 because there's a pretty good chance they're going to steal your TV uh, or something like that. But I mean, just p- put the butts in the seats, you know, lower it to where it's worth, where does it, compete with a hotel. In the wintertime, the hotels are empty too. Go, go, go enemy method them and see what a unit like yours is renting for. Um, of course, you've got a kitchen so that, or, you know, a, a washer and dryer in most cases. So Joe, how do I get over the fear of having to go too low uh, maybe in the in the off season. Yeah, that's a great question because I fall very much in that same category of it's more about the occupancy with smaller properties. So if you're coming up to a one bedroom, two bedroom unit, it's you really want to hit somewhere in that 75 to 80 percent occupancy just so that you can continue rolling people through. And so in the off season, I really view my properties more as, hey, we're going to test my systems. We're going to keep people coming through so that it's all updated and nice. And we're going to like, also like, that's great for your cleaners too, because my cleaners rely on us to continue to be booked. And then they prioritize me because I'm putting the most money in their pocket. And so I love being able to do that. And on average, I'd say I might have one or two bad guests a year. Like we said, you don't want to tank the rates all the way down. But once you start getting some guests, they're like, you know, that wasn't the greatest experience. That's kind of when I know I'm hitting my bottom of where the market is at this point in time. And so um, it's all about like how the individual guests treat us is really how we kind of range. Where's the lowest we're willing to go? And we found too, especially like in a post-COVID era, um, before COVID, it was like, or during COVID, it was like, raise them as high as you possibly can, because it doesn't matter. It's going to book. And now it's like, okay, like if we have lower rates, the guests are actually pretty good. And so again, we've just been focusing on occupancy. And so getting over the fear can be a little difficult. Just be prepared. Someone's going to wreck your unit at some point in time. It's always going to happen. And so we're in that business and just be prepared for it. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like who cares? You get to the point where it's like, I, what's my analogy here? I'm going to go way over the top. It's you get, cause, and here's why Joe is about to become a father. So with rental real Aww. estate, uh, which I'm so excited about. Uh, Congratulations, my daughter, Joe. Uh, Thanks, guys. My, I'm really excited. My daughter just turned five. So I've been texting Joe constantly about how much I'm crying about that. But uh, here's what it's like, Joe. When, when you get into, if you've been in rental real estate long enough, 
uh, with these tenants or guests or whatever that may or you know may do a little bit of damage here and there, it gets to be old hat. It's almost like um, you get to the point where you can eat a chocolate bar while you're changing a diaper. <laughs> Which quote well, from my grandmother? Dangerous. May she rest in peace. Uh, so anyway. Uh, you'll get to that point, Joe, very soon. Here they come, those diapers, man. Uh, now that we're on the topic of seasonality, uh, uh, Meg, talk to me about the seasonality in your market. When is it? Uh, when is it empty, and when when can I expect to be pretty full? Um, so the Outer Banks, we really do see an uptick in folks coming to visit. Really, starting the weekend of St. Patrick's Day, there's a really big parade here that happens. Um, and and it really does start bringing in, we see so many out-of-state plates really beginning that weekend. And then, of course, you start seeing the people who are coming here for the spring breaks. And, you know, those all are, you know, whether it's around a holiday or into the month of April, then you've got towards the end of April, you're getting people. And then, I mean, ultimately, when it really hits hard is going to be your Memorial Day weekend. And usually people talk about that Memorial Day to Labor Day, that those are going to be the really the peak seasons. But ultimately, you really are going to start seeing people coming mid-March. And then, um, like Joe was talking about that bell curve, you know, August is going to start selling back down. You know, the, the multi-generational families, you're going to have kids that are going back to school. Um, but we actually get a lot of uh, people who are either empty nesters or, um, you know, dual income with with no children folks that are coming down and, you know, all their friends are coming. So even through September, you're still seeing a lot of people coming down and, you know, and then and even into October, I would say. Um, I know that uh, back in 20, well, you know, we don't need to go back because that's not where we are. But I know October, the last year, the last few years has been, there's been a lot of, of people still coming. Yep. Okay. Um, Leah and Omar, same speech. And then I'll have, because uh, technically you and, and Joe are in the same market, but Leah and Omar, what are you seeing on your uh, two-bedroom condo in the Carolina beach market as far as uh, when the people start coming and when when does it slow down, et cetera? Similar. People start, it really picked up in March. I would say even towards the beginning of March. Um, it picked up in March and then it just keeps going up until about uh, mid-August. I mean, even though we're 100% occupied in August because of our full week, it's not at the same price the last mm -hmm. week of August. Um, it does actually start to taper off because the kids are back in school. Um, but then it it continues on through the fall. I'd say even, you know, through uh, it's pretty strong still through September and then really starts tapering off October. And then do you get Christmas in, uh, do you get Christmas and Thanksgiving? We got Thanksgiving. We actually didn't get Christmas last year. We got new year's. We got Thanksgiving mm. and new year's. Uh, Joe, anything to add there on the seasonality? No, I mean, really hit the nail on the head right there. Those there's still kind of some peaks in the off season again, new year's, um, uh, Christmas, things like that, that you can fight for. Um, but your other like nights, that's where you're really going to start testing the bottom of like, Hey, we're going to see how low are we comfortable going? And then that's also a great time just to work on your properties too. Like, especially when you're running as much occupancy as we're doing. Um, I mean, we need the break on my unit so that we can get them ready for the next season. And so we do focus more of that in kind of February, early, early March is whenever we really go in and make sure they're all dialed back in for the next season. But, um, any additional repairs you want to do, it's way easier to block out a week, two weeks in the off season than, uh, I mean, you're just throwing money away if you do that in the summer. Yeah. And now, uh, is the time to do that. I actually am walking, I'm walking my properties now, the ones that I can get to easily, uh, meaning, uh, September ish, 
Um, I'm walking and, and taking notes on what needs to be done in January, February, and I'll start. I'll start lining those folks up now. Um, I, I like, for instance, I'll uh, and I have a uh, we have a podcast coming out on that. Um, which, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, check me out. Short term rental management podcast. We do. We actually do seasonal pod, uh, uh, podcast every quarter to kind of get people ready for what's coming. Uh, that and I just really like seasons in general. But um, what I'll do is I'll walk. And, and make a list and things that are always on my list, repaint the stairwell. Um, every vacation rental I have that has a stairwell, it gets tore up. It's the suitcases. They're dragging the suitcases up. That's if, if it's sheetrock, like in a cabin, um, you know, if you've got tongue and groove, it's not really as a big a deal. Uh, but uh, if, if you're dealing with just regular stair treads and, and sheetrock on the stairwell, paint it. Um, that's when you're going to look at maybe replacing your deadbolt. Because those deadbolts are just not going to last as long as you think they are, especially if you're brand new and you think you go out and you buy this $300 deadbolt and you think you're done forever. It doesn't work like that. They're going to break. They get a lot of wear and tear. It's the first thing that people touch when they get to your house. And usually they push way more buttons than they need to and they just wear out, you know. So I don't know that I'll do that every year, uh, but uh, I might, depending, especially on a beach market where things can get a little rusty. And I know, Meg, you you deal with the rust in your market as well, but uh yeah, this is the time to to do that and get things ready um, for January and February to to get folks to. Because another thing is that's when all the workers are busy because the properties are not. So you need to line them up, you know, two, three, four months ahead of time to get on their calendar. Lee, I want to go back to something there. You said at the end of August was less money. Um, was it uh, was it more difficult to was it? How did that go down? At least this year because we're going through it right now. Was it an oh crap, I got to lower the rate in the August thing or did it book pretty early? It, it booked early. It's hmm. Price Labs set it lower. So you were just doing min base max on Price Labs and and yeah. um, found the sweet spot. Okay, and cool. So I guess Price Labs just already knew it should be lower. That's what I'm assuming. Um, we actually we actually did go there the last week in August last year because when we, when we purchased, there actually was a gap. And I mean, possibly we could have got it booked, but that was going to be our our personal first time to get in and stay at the property. So we mm. blocked it off and we went. Um, and I would say the island was not super busy that last week in August. Like we thought, oh God, we're going in the summer. And um, yeah, that last week in August is just a little bit slower. But the weather was great. Gorgeous. Yeah. That's my, one of my it's favorite. It's not going to book. It's going to book. People are still coming, but. It's just this, you know, I feel like there's like a peak season and then there's like a peak peak season. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. I live in Florida and my favorite time of year is, is September and October if <laughs> there's no hurricane, uh, which we're about to get into. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the weather is so nice and there's no people where I live and I'm in a vacation town as well. Um, in uh, in uh, the Pan de near Destin, Florida. But speaking of, let's talk about hurricanes. We're actually going through one right now. What uh, slightly off topic here, but uh, uh, what do you what do you do? What's your preparation uh, plan there, Joe? For um, uh, for uh, if if it's coming, what do you do? Yeah, it's a great question, and it really depends on how bad the storm is. So the storm that's hitting us, it's actually just going to be a tropical storm by the time it gets here. It was hitting Florida as a uh, category two, category three, I think. And then coming up and um, just kind of grazing the side of us. And so for us, um, 50, like 50 ish mile an hour winds and rain, it's really just more of an inconvenience. And so we make sure that like everything that's outside on porches is secured down or brought inside. And um, we have a number of guests that are just going to be weathering the storm. 
Now we do have some guests that we're supposed to be checking in on. It's hitting on Thursday. And so we offer them to, Hey, you might want to consider leaving early, or you might want to consider like checking in a day late, but we have a lot of uh, clients that are still like, Hey, we're coming and we want to do it either way. And we're happy campers. So our biggest concern is like coordinating with our cleaners. And so just making sure that we've got um, everything dialed in on them being able to get there if there is an issue. And so it's a kind of take it as it comes, but we hold really, really fast to our cancellation policies. Um, and we uh, offer all of our guests, like when they book initially with us um, to buy insurance. And if they don't buy insurance and we have a hurricane come through, that's you book the beach house in the middle of the hurricane season. And so that's a risk they're taking and we're very upfront about it, but we, uh, we get tons of sap stories trying to get out of it. You nailed it. Well, did we miss anything? Um, uh, Meg, uh, anything to add to the conversation on pricing? No, Joe. I mean, you guys have been amazing today. Um, you know, I, I, I love having our guests today. They've had some really great points that they've talked about. Um, and, and Joe hit it on the hurricane stuff. I mean, this is been a great call. I, I don't know that I have anything more to add. All right. Well, let's recap. Okay. First of all, come to Management Monday. You buy a house with the shop and I'll teach you everything you need to know. All right. Now you got to go to these rock stars to make that happen, obviously. Um, number two, there are pricing softwares out there. We didn't really cover that too much today, but let's let's throw that out there. There are softwares that will do this stuff for you. Price Labs being the biggest, most popular these days. And there's a wheelhouse beyond pricing. Uh, the danger there is that you can't set it and forget it. You just can't. You know, you got to manage your property and uh, you got 365 nights a year. That's a huge difference with long-term rental. Long-term rental, you got one price for 12 months and then it goes up 5% or whatever the next year, 3%. Uh, who knows? But um, big difference there. You got to fill, you got, you got, and you got two platforms. So that's 365 times two. Obviously, the pricing software will make that easier for you, so you don't have to do it uh, twice. Uh, which I, which Joe and I used, to, you know, back in the day when we first started, we did have to do that. Uh, but uh, uh, just showing my gray hair at this point. Um, and um, and minimum night stay open to interpretation. I think a lot of folks fall into that. Um, I'm going to do, especially in a beach market like this, I'm going to do seven nights to men all the time. And it's working out for Leah and Omar. Of course, they don't have a choice and it's fine for them and it's working great. And it can be easier. Like I said, I'm jealous because the the, the less uh, personalities you have to deal with. Um, but uh, to me, uh, you got to work it. If the property managers are doing seven night stays that and you don't have to you got a huge advantage right there boom you know you got twice as many people that could be looking at your property because most of those property managers are going to in this market in these markets they're going to be doing seven to seven day mins especially in the summertime you know so uh lee and omar what did we miss anything you want to say to to the lovely uh listener omar come no, on buddy not, not that i can think of um, okay. i mean like i say it, it kind of depends uh for minimum night stays if you uh have an HOA that's uh, paying attention, or if you have an HOA at all, uh, you obviously have more freedom when you have places like Joe's where there's no HOA involved. I mean, he has his own HOA, he can make his own rules. Um, yeah, that's just something I keep in mind, I guess, when you're purchasing. What's the HOA rule? Do they enforce it? Do they even, you know what I mean? Because you can check with that with the enemy method as well. You can get an answer there. If no one else is uh, obeying that rule, you can just see that there's no enforcement of it. So yeah, I guess it varies. Love it, love it. 
Love it. Enemymethod.com. If you're unfamiliar with uh, the enemy method, Joe, anything on the way out? I'm going to miss you guys. I hate that this is the last one. We'll, we'll do, we'll, we'll do some updates as time goes by, but Joe, words of wisdom, knock me on my, my rear end, man. Knock you on your rear end. Oh man. Just, <laughs> just do it. Just go out there and have fun. I mean, like everybody manages differently and um, we're all having a great time doing it. And so it's, it's very abundant. There's plenty of people coming. And uh, we just have a fun time doing this, guys. So come hang out with us at the shop and um, keep rocking. Yep, I agree that real estate is a $3 trillion industry. Um, more than enough money for everybody to go around if you're working hard and and, uh, and doing your job. And um, and yeah, come see us at the shop. And what else do we miss? Um, yeah, that's it, I guess. I, I hate this. Parting is such sweet sorrow. Next time I see Joe, he might be a dad. Um, Craziness. Yeah. Anyway. We love you. Don't overthink it.